Welcome to the Game Design Reviews Podcast Show. Uh, it's episode one for the 28th of August. My name is Christian Majewski, and with me today are my two charismatic and intelligent co-hosts. How about you introduce yourself, guys? So yeah, I'm uh, Ujong, and uh, you can call me YC for simplicity's sake. Hi, I'm Fabrizio. All right. And uh, we have some exciting topics today. Uh, it's, this is going to be a show about the uh, Euro- GDC Europe and the Games Convention, which was happening here at Cologne, where we are podcasting from, a wonderful city in Germany. Um, yeah, but maybe some first, a couple of words about the podcast itself. Uh, we are going to discuss in like our couple of future episodes. I guess today is a special episode, but in future episodes, we're going to discuss in details the characteristics and uh, you know, the, the, the nitty-gritty stuff about game design and about features of different... Uh, game design features of different uh, games we play and experience and also about the games we design ourselves. So this is going to be a podcast about game design, a very in-depth podcast about game design. Because we are all game designers and, yes. do, and practice game design, yes. actively, so... So, um... One word of warning before we start, we are not uh, native speakers, as you probably noticed, we are from Germany, and uh, we might, during this podcast, we might cause some damage to the English language, it's not intentional, we are giving, <laughs> we're giving our best to, uh, um, to sound reasonable, if uh, there are some comments you would like to uh, leave, uh, please do so, otherwise uh, we apologize in front. Before we get um, to our main topics, which will be uh, GDC Europe and the Gamescom convention, um, we're going to do a smart introduction of who we actually are, because this is our first episode, and you probably guys you, pro- you guys probably not know uh, very much about us. Yeah. So, Ichong. Uh, yeah, let's do it in a dialogue form. Yeah. Well, I, well, the Neon Studio is where I started working in, uh, in the game industry in 2001. And this was in Frankfurt, right? This was in Frankfurt, right. And uh, we worked for about four years on this uh, PS2 extra adventure game called Legion of K. It was actually one of the earliest and uh, biggest and most complete uh, console game in Germany. Made in Germany, yeah. yeah. And it's, I think, still it's an excellent game. It's, you yeah, delivered a great. It's not there. bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's always well, modest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because I worked on it, but uh, other parts. Uh, my colleagues worked on were excellent. And uh, after that, I started uh, studying at Cologne International School of Design. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm doing that still and also working on a site uh, on a freelance basis in the industry, mostly graphics, character graphics for games like um, Anno and um, Velvet Assassin, which came out recently, mm-hmm. and uh, GeForce, I did. Um, I participated in the game design version. Uh, I participated in game design of the PSP version, right. which was also um, created at King Games, which is the successor or spiritual successor of mm-hmm. Neon Studios. Yeah, because the Neon Studios closed down shortly after they released. Um, yeah, the Legend of K game. We were both yeah, working on. We them. yeah, we we had luck that it was released at all, mm-hmm. and we started actually working on the sequel already for almost a year, I think. Wow. And uh, yeah. then got shut down f- by the uh, mother company. Is it mother company? The publisher? It was a publisher. No, it? It, it was a mother mother company. Okay, so they could just. Can can we tell names? 
Yeah, um, Joe Wood closed down the studio. Yeah, I think that's it was Joe Wood. It was Joe Wood. Yeah, yeah. Joe Wood. Oh, okay, we can say that. It's so we were, we were pretty upset about it. Well, weren't we? I mean, come on, they, they did. They so closed. so one one year of work you did was just. Yeah. Uh, well, they. I, I I wasn't there at this point anymore. Okay, you, you were you were in it in the project. The first legend of K. Yeah, because maybe we should clarify at this point. Um, th this is also where we met, where I met Yuchong. Yeah. Um, this was after my uh, my um, high school. No, Abitur. Let's say Abitur. Abitur. Yeah. So really early. Yeah, it was really early. And then after that, I decided, you know, uh, okay, I don't know what to do study next. I wanted to study something, but I decided, okay, maybe I should um, do some um, experience, Let's collect some experience first. So I did one year uh, where I just, you know, did some uh, internships. And one of the internships was at Neon. How long were you there? I was half a year there. Oh, really? Okay. And um, a, little, a little bit longer because, you know, the people, Neon people insisted on... Needed you. Yeah, they, yeah, because, I mean, they, they spent half a year kind of teaching me the mm. ins and outs and everything. So it what would be beneficial yeah, for them to keep me. Time for the payoff. <laughs> it was yeah. an underestimated job, I think, uh, playing a data wizard, but it's uh, very important to make well, sure that everybody can work. Properly. Yeah, it was a very nice job, I think. It was a very, very small job, but I learned okay, a lot. Sorry for, for asking, but data wizard? Yeah, it's a, um, kind of a term for kind of a script kitty guy who kind of keep, keeps track of, of um, the workflow between the um, artists and the, and, the game and the programmers. So that the things that the artists produce are in their proper format and don't have any mistakes or oh, okay, okay, or okay. but also there's some playtesting there I mean I did a lot of things I think I'm, perhaps I think it's a nice job to get into it because yeah um, it's great I mean also yeah. this is where I learned um, I, I um, learned oh, well, right get, get this is know. where I met <laughs> this is where I met Yichong and uh, and he also teach me um, how to work with 3D Studio Max and everything Ah, so yeah, he's actually my, he's, he's my mentor. He's my, my just a little bit. I can just show you the way, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but the talent, the, the midichlorians were already inside my blood. Yeah, that's right. The force is strong with this one. Call me daddy. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so we worked both on this game, but I left after half a year, and then um, he went on. Uh, he stayed there and finished. I uh, went working somewhere else, and then we met up at Kiln International School of Design. Yeah. We, are, we are both studying the same thing. And you are, Fabrizio, are studying also at KIST, right? You studied at KIST. I was studying, yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, where, where should I start? I mean, I mean, I got really late to game design, which was only with my final thesis in the um, diploma I made this year. So um, I'm not that experienced in game design yet. What I, what I was doing pre pre uh, previously was uh, mostly web design and graphic design and some illustration. Um, yeah, and in the diploma, I just you know wanted to kind of get into game design somehow. So um, I started with creating a card-based board game, which I think is really nice for for a start because you know you don't have these all these technical issues. You you know you don't have to ma master special programs or this programming stuff to to, um, to get something running. You can just start off and really concern with the game itself and the system and how it works. Mm -hmm. So I think it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting and it's also, you know, something you can build on because now, you know, some I made some experiences and perhaps, yeah. you know, the next game I will make will be something digital. So... Well, um, obviously, I mean, um, we already did some preliminary tests of the podcast show where we already discussed the games we are working on currently and I am sure... We're going to discuss your game more in depth in the future, right? I hope Be so. Because, because <laughs> it, I think it's still an excellent product. 
Um, right, so maybe to sum it up, go to back to really to the beginnings. What kind of games did you guys grow up on? You were you basically also where do you come from? Okay, I'm I'm from Taiwan and I grew up on uh, NES or Famicom as it taught in the Southeast Asia uh, area. Mm. Uh, so mostly consoles. I barely played on the PC. So uh, so no strategy games mm. and stuff. Only recently got into it, it uh, into it a little bit uh, thanks to Anno. Okay. Which we will talk about later on. Maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yes. Um, did you play also arcade games? Yes, uh, while they were allowed uh, back then, because uh, I think sometime later in Taipei they they uh, prohibited it. Really? Yeah. yeah, because they are also kind of prohibited in Germany as well, right? Okay. Uh, well, yes. they aren't really prohibited, but they are restricted. You can only... certain areas are shops where you can play it. Yeah, we have to be over 18 to enter an arcade. Really? Yeah, because it's it's yeah. Uh, by the law it's kind of like a, a gambling thing, so you can only do it uh, over 18. Okay. So it's restricted for pe- kind of people who would enjoy that most. It's think... really funny because you know, I mean, here in Cologne also two or three. Um, how, do now, call, yeah. how, how do you call these shops where you know the people just walk in and have huge amounts of different arcade games and can play it? How is it called? Oh, the arcade. Just the arcade. The arcade. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there are two if, if or you three. Want... I only know that one by uh, Rudolf Platz. Yeah, you know. Uh, Giga Center. The, the one where you can shoot at zombies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Where's the other place? I, I don't know. I also only know this one. Oh, okay, now, because you said two or three places. Well, no, I, I've heard of uh, okay. different ones, but um, I also only know this one. Yeah. But but you, when you look at it closely, those those places are mostly places where there are also these um, these gambling machines. You one know, these wall mounts and one, yeah, and, and so yeah, okay, that's, it's all, that's all the same thing because you have to put money inside to play it, and uh, when you okay. kind of get addicted, and then ah, uh, okay, okay, now that's, it makes a, sense. That's, the, that's the reasoning behind it. You know, our responsibilities as game designers mm. can make people addictive. Yeah, addicted. So for me, nice. for, I, I mean, I grew up in in Poland, and for me, this was kind of a very strange situation because I grew up in arcades. And um, I went. You know, I, had, I had my small shack behind the supermarket where I always went, and there were like five arcade. And it was really small, but I, um, you know, the month. The, the, Is the, Poland a very cri- criminal country? No, <laughs> no, it, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but I knew the the person who owned the the shop, so it was the mother of. of um, so you were one of them. Huh? <laughs> yes, I, I, I was kind of in the mafia. No, seriously, guys. I mean, it was really awesome. They had a couple Dead of games I, I'm still really fond of, and yeah. and I grew up on them. Um, but otherwise, I grew up on the Atari computer, which was also totally unknown here in Germany, at least. Oh, really? Well, it's rather... It's I, I thought everybody who's in the games industry and is over, I don't know, 40, uh, 35, grew up on Atari and yeah. programmed at some... Uh, point of time, but uh, they also all mostly mentioned this special specific Atari which had cartridges, mm-hmm. which is totally different Atari from what the Atari I used. I used an Atari who had a tape recorder. Oh, okay. Yeah, you had like audio cassette tapes, and you recorded like this <laughs> sound on it, and uh, this sound was the program. It was really a crazy typical audio tape, and it, well, it was really crazy. Well, <laughs> well singing, you know, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure today, nowadays, now on YouTube, probably you could find some guys who can imitate the thing <laughs> and, and program computers simply by a microphone. 
But uh, back then, you know, we had these audio tapes and we, had, we played these audio tapes and it took like I don't know, 20 minutes to inst install a program. And then if something went wrong, you had to do everything all over again. It was really cool. And, cool. and also it was Poland and it was, you know, kind of a communist country back then. And we didn't have any originals. There were only pirated versions and it was standard. So I went to a um, perfume boutique to buy my That's a nice association with communism now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, it still is in China. Yeah, yeah it's still the, the, the fact in China right now. So I remember I went to... Um, oh, yeah, you're right. I remember... Yeah. Correlation, but not correlation. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I went to perfume boutiques to buy my uh, computer games because they kind of, you know, they sell perfume by this small side shop, you know, this small <laughs> folder full of games. And I could, oh, well, I could buy these games here. <laughs> well, it was really we had similar things. Um, when I, well, uh, I didn't buy the games myself, but when we went to the shop and uh, I wanted a new game, the shop owner would say, "Well, you can have this uh, normal edition. It's uh -huh. this price, and you have you can have the Jap Japanese edition. It's much more expensive. It's not really necessary because the normal <laughs> edition works as well, you know. <laughs> and the normal edition is of course bootleg. <laughs> nice, nice." No, that's the similar experience I had. The thing is, um, you know, I grew up with Atari computers and uh, Nintendo came only very late uh, to, to Poland. And it was also a Taiwanese copy. It was not the original mm. um, Nintendo thing. And uh, my father was against it because uh, it was... For moral reasons. Yeah, it was a dedica dedicated gaming machine while the um, Atari was also a programming thing. Ah. Oh, okay. So he was against the gaming machine. Yeah, he I was... Thought, I thought he was against bootlegs. No, no, bootlegs was no problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was the norm. Yeah. So, I mean, there was no different. There was One no more mafia yeah. hint. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'm not. I'm, I'm a very normal person. Anyway, so you grew up in, in Germany, which things were different, right? Uh, yes, yes. I grew up in German, Germany, and um, I think, oh... It's hard to say what was really the first game I played. I only, you know, because I myself owned some kind of system where I can play on pretty late. So I just played, you know, uh, at, at other people's places. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing where I played on was the C64. Ooh, nice. This was the, the classic first, in German. Yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was some kind of winter games and stuff like yeah. this, you know. <laughs> well, you have to push the button very Yeah, <laughs> right. And, you know, push, push buttons very fast and left, right very fast. Oh, yeah, you know, I know. It's really nice. old school stuff. <laughs> and uh, I played none of them. Yeah, see, that's the difference. We all have different yeah. backgrounds. Yeah, it's a, but it's it's funny. You um, you, are, you have your parents are from uh, Portugal, Portugal yeah. but you grew up in in, in German. Yeah, that's German. right. I mean, I, I I've been in Portugal. You know, in between before I went to the primary school for um, I think one year or something like this. Hmm. But uh, you know, you can call me German. <laughs> it's really funny because you know we are we are podcast from Germany, but kind of every every each one of us has a different ethnical background actually. That's right. So we're kind of multicultural here. So, but um, yeah, I mean, as I said before, I, I can't really remember what was the first uh, C64 game. Mm. And, you know, afterwards, um, there, uh, we, we lived in a house with uh, some more families living mm. in it. Normal thing, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But leading up to some point, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Because, you know, at, uh, I think I was seven or eight. Uh, a young Brazilian guy, um, you know, he, they just came right from Brazil, the mm -hmm. f father and him. And, uh, you know, he was kind of, you know, the, the social spot in, in the whole area. You know, he was kind of, you know, he just ran to every child and wanted to get to know people. Mm -hmm. So, in, in Serenca, Virginia. 
<laughs> yeah, right. The seven-year-old boy wanted to sell kite for me. <laughs> more cliches, please. <laughs> no, um, <clears throat> he was kind of, you know, want to socialize directly, and uh, the father bought him everything. I mean, oh. uh, you know, he had he had all the Lego stuff from all Epi, uh, from, from all... Um, um, all sets? All sets, yeah, really. Everything. Uh, he built up whole cities in his room. Nice. It was really crazy, and uh, he had really everything a kid could wish so all the kids from the neighborhood stayed at his home and he was very popular <laughs> yeah he was really, he was also a nice guy no how's, it, how's it, he doing right now <laughs> this is an inter- interesting i want to question. call him you know the yeah. lab because Check it uh, out. so if you're listening to, to the show please call <laughs> 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 please call him <laughs> you know, then we can make an episode like in those uh, high school movies you know at the end of the movie then This freeze frame and uh, below it is the subtitle. Oh, yeah. This guy does this. <laughs> freeze frame went on to and went out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the real stuff, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so he had everything. And, you know, he had also um, the, the this cartridge Atari. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think I played some kind of racing game on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And afterwards, you also got the uh, the Nintendo, not but the Super Nintendo. Oh. And uh, there, you know... big deal for us, too. Sorry? The Super Nintendo was... Yeah, Nintendo this was, was really... Yeah. It was crazy. And, you know, all those... Uh, also classic games like uh, Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. the first part I never played. Um, no, Mortal I, Kombat. I played the first. Okay. <laughs> But um, I tried that uh, at the arcade. Okay. It was a great time. Uh, short, it was shortly before the second uh, came out. But mm-hmm. was it also kind of a fighting game? Or yeah, what it, was, it was a fighting game. So it was kind of like Street Fighter 2, but with less characters and some yeah, different controls. But, su- and but sucky controls and everything. <laughs> okay. I don't know why, why they went on to do the second, but uh, fortunately they did. Yeah. The second started to be really good. Yeah, sorry. So um, No problem. Um, so there were also some strange games like, um, do you know Hey Punk, are you tough enough? No, no, <laughs> no. great title. This, 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 was a, this was a, a nice fighting game. It was um, we also made whole tournaments with it because you know it, <laughs> because they had some crazy characters. It okay. was kind of a mashup between you know World War II characters, but somehow caricatures. Thank you. Right, some 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 kind of the style, and also you know all was really crazy and also felt kind of strange but it was it was nice because there were also you know some nice combos and special moves uh, and that was on the Super NES? yeah it was on Super NES okay because I know a, uh, maybe a com- comparable game on the Neo Geo from SNK which is called uh, World Heroes I think <laughs> okay and uh, they also have you know uh, historically Im- inspired characters <laughs> fighting with each other against okay. each other yeah <laughs> Yeah, but uh, this was also one thing, and of course, you know, Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, which mm-hmm. I liked it. It's uh, because many people say that they don't like it, but I, I somehow liked it because, I mean, at the because time when I was off. when I was really no when, when I was really young, and you know, this this whole story was uh, was kind of okay. engaging. Uh, so this one and um, Zelda, but I was never that big fan of Zelda. I don't know why, but I I always thought Heresy. that go out. <laughs> the princess star I, don't, I, don't, I don't know you anymore <laughs> no I mean I mean because you know I first I first got to know Secret of Mana and then I got to know Zelda and I compared it to each ah, other and I, I just thought you know Secret of Mana was, was such more developed in every way for me in my perception you know, look, look leveling better. weapons and okay. you know all this stuff it was really mm-hmm. for my perception I of don't course know. no so the, this was kind of the first stuff I played, and you know, then later on when I got to PC, I, I kind of fell in this uh, Counter Strike addiction mm. somehow, and 
yeah, you know, the stuff like gaming in the clan and doing clan wars and training every second day for one and a half to two hours and all this uh, wow, nerd shit. Yeah, you know, school time. We had really much time. And well, so, after I came to Germany, I, I experienced a, a brief period where, where I did some console gaming, but it was always in the supermarkets. I went to the supermarket. This is, I also was. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's, that's a typical thing you would do as a kid. Course. You would go to the supermarket and go to the testing stations. Yeah, what supermarket? Because I went to Kaufhof, but... Uh, yeah, what super- well, it's, okay. it's not supermarket, it's those um, department stores. Department stores right. right. It was, it was, I think it was a top top marked. It, it doesn't exist anymore today. It's oh, hit marked. I, I don't know. Right. I, it was in Darmstadt, so it wasn't... It wasn't I think okay, it's, it's, it's different. I think uh, most of, the, of those hit or whatever is now available. Yeah, but did it, was, was it also this phenomenon where, you know, all the... Really, many kids, you know, yeah. kind of. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like like an arcade in, in many ways. <laughs> yeah, because all the kids collected there after school, and and they were playing these testing machines the yeah. whole day. And it was always these rules of when do you uh, get the controller to the yeah. next guy? And then, but but you're playing for so long. Uh, okay, you're gonna die, and then you're gonna give me the controller and everything. It was really fun. And uh, so yeah, that's how I experienced consoles. And later, of course, I jumped over with the Dreamcast. But it, this was all after my high school. Okay. Um, yeah, and also I had some experience with PC. I did some StarCraft playing. Oh, oh yes, I also played it. Uh, I, I, I thought, I mean, I did a lot of PC games, obviously. I mean, I, when I moved to Germany, I got my first PC, which was a vast improvement over the Atari. <laughs> Finally, I could save my programs. <laughs> because the, until then, when I programmed something on the Atari, I wasn't really able to save my program. So everything was just for now. <laughs> when I programmed something, I, I, there was a um, possibility to save it on tape, but it never worked. But weird, you already programmed when you were a little yeah, child. Yeah, I was really small when I started. Yeah, you can. This is this is a really cool thing. Yeah, I, I really you know got it. I'm kind of native native programmer speaker thing. It's, it's really cool, but but uh, I never got into so in depth into it. So I, I know a lot of things intuitively, but I not I don't know so many high efficient programming techniques. I just know a lot of things you know from from my childhood. So yeah, I have a big advantage there. Nice. I mean, I you know, uh, I, I uh, some some time ago I had this you know kind of weird thought. Hey, if I would have a child, yes, and uh, what what would I want the child to learn first? I kind of thought of things like you know playing piano because mm. it's good for mm. both uh, uh, brain sides and stuff like this, but. Programming is even cooler. <laughs> Programming is really cool. I, I think I mean, it's a language, so I guess yeah, yeah. children might have advantages to, to really learn, learn it quick, more quickly. And more but, you know, on the other hand, it's also kind of, you know, the child, it's, it's so young. And, you know, children also have this kind of agility and yeah, they movement. Yeah, they in front of the computer. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, but it's cool. Okay, so um, then maybe a couple of words how we came to Make build. your children program. Yes, Fabrizio. <laughs> I think this will work. <laughs> Give us money. Give us money for this advice. Sign us, my big publisher. Sign us. <laughs> Topcom, if you're listening to Quiet. this. Quiet. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to talk about how we came to um, start the blog. To start the blog. Um, which is, uh, you, Yichong, wrote a small article about Shin Megami Tensei. Yes. Uh, or it's a Japanese RPG, and uh, I I wrote a, a review about it after reading a book of uh, from Chris Crawford, ah. and I, I tried to apply one of the major insights mm-hmm. of the book into what I saw as a shortcoming of the game, mm-hmm. and posted it on a forum. Uh, I don't really remember the <laughs> the the. Uh, 
uh, reception on the forum, really, but... It was okay. It was okay for a forum, I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the better forums where people, hmm. people actually discuss things in depth and people are, well, they think about stuff and uh, doesn't flame as much. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But we, we figured later that yeah. maybe we should... It's such a great word. <laughs> You're a flamer. <laughs> yeah. We figured that uh, it's a good form to you know think about games and, and improve our design skills mm. and um, with the... How do you... Sorry, um, which forum was it? Because... NTSC-UK.com. NTSC okay. It, it was obviously maybe... Not so obvious, but from now you can rec recognize um, it's based in UK and they play NTSC games, so uh, a lot of import gamers, so passionate people, you know, not only just go into a shop and buy everything, but actually import <laughs> stuff and, and read about them. Uh, research and everything. Okay, so, okay, okay. Okay, and uh, yeah, based on, I think the, the article started this uh, ambition to talk about games and, and uh, write you know, in-depth reviews. Yeah. And we figured uh, a blog might be a good format for that. Uh, it was already that time. Yeah. And I just set it up very spontaneously on, on, on Blogger and, and we started writing one of the first articles we wrote, which was kind of the, the starting point was a, a Street Fighter, which mm -hmm. the idea was to write, um, we both would um, write an article about Street Fighter independently and see what the differences are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we quickly realized that, you know, we were too, way too ambitious for the blog because we tried to kind of capture every aspect of the game in, in our articles and we quickly realized that it, was, it isn't really possible. Oh, <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> Who would have, would have thought? And so we uh, realized that we should probably just focus on one aspect of each game. So that's the format we currently are at, which is... Wait, I would say that's the format you perfected. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I wrote a lot of stuff. I had kind of a lot of time, uh, embarrassingly. <laughs> so I, I wrote a lot about a lot of games, but you know, you guys also contributed. We started out a little with, bit, yeah. with, with a different um, third person. Now you're instead here. We started out with Daniel Renkel from um, from. Uh, so he's he's not any longer. Well, he 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 himself said he doesn't have so much time. He wasn't very satisfied with with his contribution, which I thought. I mean, he, he's, with his he, own contribution. Yeah, I think he, he wrote a couple of articles that are really excellent, especially the first one he wrote about uh, controls. Uh, no, about Newton um, Storm. Okay. The negative feedback thing. I yeah, that was right. a very very nice insight. The name didn't stick, but the negative feedback. Yes, mm -hmm. it does. So yeah, he's uh, he's another industry insider with a similar background as, as you have. Yes, his company also got shut down by Joe Wood. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 we are <laughs> the bad dark force, Joe yeah. Wood. So I, I was uh, uh, kind of upset when uh, I knew that Joe Wood bought the license to publish Sam and Max in Europe. Yeah, that's really. I mean, you were supporting not, not, supporting the bad guys when you buy when you. No, I didn't. I, I bought it directly off the web, but. Okay. Uh, They are so not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, and, you know, we recently we had some. Uh, we didn't write so much on the blog, but this was mainly because we decided to uh, move the blog from Blogspot, which we weren't really happy with, to our own uh, WordPress insula installation. Which is, when you're listening to this podcast, it's finally over, and um, and you, we're going to post more frequently in the future. We have um, in the meantime we started a different blog, another additional blog, which is called Game Design Scrapbook 
which is more informal and we when we collect some random thoughts which is not so much about articles but more about you know just whatever observations uh, on the games industry other yeah. games related links, issues links yeah whatever we found yeah. some stuff like that so now if you're interested in very refined articles your uh, game design reviews is the place to be but if you want uh, you know the whole package then probably you would also would like to um read uh, something about in our scrapbook right um and this is um about our introduction so far i think we are of, uh, can now finally get into the main topic of our uh, of our podcast now but first of all um we're going to do a small break for us and for you guys so it's not on everything in one piece so we're going to be back in a minute bye <laughs> So welcome back from the from the break, and uh, we are now ready to get into a main topic of our uh, of our podcast today, which is the GDC Europe and uh, Gamescom conventions. Yeah, I have the brochure right here, program guide. What was uh, in the GDC well, Europe conference? Yeah. All the lectures. We have a brief intro- introduction on each. Yeah. So we don't forget so, anything. So to first to clarify, we were there, I were there, you were there, but you weren't there. Why weren't you there? <laughs> that wasn't very clear. So uh, by, by yeah, the first you was me, and the second you was hey, you. <laughs> no, I, that, that's why I asked him so he, he would answer, so everybody would know. Who. Yeah, you know, there are times when you have to get the money, you know, to live. So <laughs> yeah, but the money yeah. is a good topic. No, the, the reason the reason is quite simple. I, I had to. I had a web design job. In, mm-hmm. Especially in this week, which is really a pity because I wanted to be there, but um, no, no problem. So, uh, so you weren't at the I had to work. at GDC Europe, and you also weren't at even at the Gamescom. You missed this as well, right? Yeah, that's right. But I can watch it up in the internet. You know, oh, come on. <laughs> that's, that's, that's but next next year we're going to force you to go. Yeah, I mean the next event I will be there. But, uh, but as we... but as, as John mentioned, this is a nice segue because um, money is the, the, one of the topics we'd like to discuss in. Uh, in context of the GDC Europe, mm-hmm. really? because it's very expensive. Haven't you noticed? It's it's costs. If you, you know, if well, you I, pay I the student pass, yeah. which is uh, two hundred euros. The regular price would that uh, would be two hundred euros. I paid the f- uh, early booker price or the mm-hmm. early discount, uh, which is no twenty percent uh, twenty euros off. And I mean one hundred eighty euros for a student who has that money. Yeah, I mean, this it's, it's supposed to be the student, uh, you know, discount, discount discounted price and what whatnot, and, and, and the regular price is uh, five hundred euros or so. Yeah, there, no, it's even more because you have to well, pay, pay the taxes on top of it. Okay, yeah. So but, we, we, I had to pay seven hundred euros. Also, oh, you had you had the, the the big pass, the all access pass. No, that's that was the regular pass, not the all access pass. I mean, the all access pass is even more expensive. Uh, I know there was a 200 euro for students. There was something yeah. around 500. And there no, was no, no, that's 500 is, is minus the taxes. There are 20% taxes. On yeah, top but of it. you can, you know, tax I mean, you. I mean, what the hell? Why? Why? I don't know. That's the, that's the thing. Because uh, okay, maybe it's a, some very special, um, expensive thing. You know, that's I mean, if, if I if I, I didn't know at the time that it is so expensive, because if <laughs> well, it's just the uh, GDC Europe. The Gamescom was quite cheap. Okay, okay. But, but this is crazy. I mean. Yeah, I understand. But perhaps it's really because they think that, you know, most of the people that come there are kind of people from the industry or who are already earning huge amounts of money. I don't know, but... 
Well, this wouldn't, wouldn't be the case in, uh, if it were about... If it, it, I mean, they propose things for students, and students are obviously people not okay. from the industry. That's right. And, you know, for a student, 200 euro, I mean, that's like, I don't know, uh, what can you buy? For like two passes, yeah. you could already buy the whole collection of of, um, of Photoshop and Flash and everything, all the software you need to, uh, to design a whole game. You mean uh, two, two times 200 or what? Yeah. Like 400, I don't know. Yeah, but only the non-commercial version. Yeah, well, it depends on which. But yeah. anyway, it's kind of in, in this range. Yeah, you like, can like for one pass, you, you, yeah, you can live for half a month. You can you can pay half the rent. Stuff like stuff like or that. Or the complete rent. Yeah, depending like, where depending you live. where you live. Yeah. So that's kind of a lot of money for just you know things three days, three three days, and the food isn't that good. No, that food was horrible. And then still, they had like a lot, lots, lots of staff of people who who uh, distribute the food. And I mean, this was useless because the food was shit. So why, why yeah. do I need to pay for people to distribute me food? That is not good. And on the first day, I came out of a lecture pretty late, and I just missed the food, and it was you know my problem. Yeah. And also the, the attitude as well. You know, it's not like well, okay, this is this big big um, conference, and everybody gets his, his food. Uh, but you know, first comes first serve, and if it's uh, you know gone, then. Yeah, you had uh, then you were luck. Yeah, you 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 have to suck it in. Yeah, and one of the suck things. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe that's not the proper. As I said, I'm not. I'm not a, a native speaker. Talk no, it, it sounds. It sounds kind of cool. I mean, yeah, no, because I'm totally cool. No, um, seriously, there are things. For example, like like the coffee was really shitty. And it was only available at certain times. Yeah, not in the morning, for instance. Like there was not not a constant <laughs> coffee pot you could get. You I mean, it's no big deal, but uh, it's, it's such details you expect when you pay yeah, seven hundred euros for it. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly the thing. Yeah. And and so we we're kind of disappointed with with you know the whole um, the whole service around it. Yeah. But also the the presentations were not quite as uh, high quality as we Expected, thought they would be. Yeah. Yeah. There was one in average uh, per day that is really cool. The other ones, you know, uh, range between so so okay and well, I've, I I could have done without. Yeah, yeah. So sucked as hell. Not no. as hell, but you know, considering the price, it was a bit. Ah, come on! Don't be so politically correct. No, I mean. no seriously. If, if this was <laughs> okay. like we we organized, we for example, I and you also, uh, Fabrizio, we um, we are you know uh, doing this Cologne game that thing where we kind of um, starting this institute uh, where we are going to do some you know master course in design, game design, also some research projects, and we're also going to organize the Clash of Realities convention. Which is here at uh, FH every of, at the University of Applied Sciences yeah. here in Cologne, and it's um, every every second year, so every two years there is a, there is one, and it's free, and the programs were even part of comparable, yeah, comparable, <laughs> or, or even better. I thought you, you don't have necessarily those uh, big industry players uh, come mm -hmm. into the uh, clash of realities. Yeah. They did that two, twice already. Yeah. But you have uh, lots more people from the academic field, which yeah, is uh, with some very cool in-depth yeah. um, stuff, which you probably never heard about, and you're like, "Oh, well, that's that's interesting." Yeah. and but and also uh, once there was a guy from Blizzard there talking about oh. World of Warcraft. I think oh, okay. um, there was uh, Jasper Jewel. Was Jasper, Jasper Jewel. Yes, but you, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, please correct us. 
and uh, other very insightful speakers. And um, now we're going to organize this together with, with the institute who did it previously. We are trying to put some even more high-profile guys into the like people who are more in game design, which is which will make the whole um, the whole um, con convention uh, or it's not a convention really event the whole event Con conference well the whole conference, the whole conference uh, yeah. a very very similar profile to what the GDC Europe is and and with a comparable I think um, lineup. There are there were well I spoke to a couple of people who were kind of involved in the organization and they said that it's, they aren't making a huge profit with it. And I was really... With the GDC? Yeah. I was I wondering they, why. They, because they, I mean, the prices are sky high. Perhaps you lied. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe they shouldn't have um, done it in, in, in the... Uh, the location, in the location yeah. itself. I mean, I mean the, the games uh, come... Well, it is... It has to be there, but uh, the, the GDC could have been somewhere in, in, in another hotel or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, perhaps, you know, it was also some kind of political thing because now, or I think really since last year, you know, there's this whole discussion that Cologne is getting the media and gaming city yeah. of Germany. So perhaps this is also a little reason that they said, okay, we really have to represent ourselves, you know. Yeah, of course. Play large. Well, politically, it, it has to be here in Cologne, um, but... But I wonder, you know, I don't just don't think the prices. Um, and I think if you compare it to the GCC in America, I mean, the prices are similar. Okay. I, I wonder if it's that that comes more from the organization of the oh, whole Okay, That's, this could be a reason. On the other hand, you know, when I look at the lineup of the speakers at... Uh, um, the, the proper GDC. At the proper GDC, I mean, there are more interesting and also, you know, this is also a meeting place for people in America and everything. Okay. Here we... Well, it's also a meeting place. Yeah, it's also a meeting place here, but uh, well, we met a couple of cool guys um, yeah. we wanted to, to talk to, but uh, it wasn't as you know as central as the main GDC, as the real GDC. Mm -hmm. So with the, the same price, paying the same price for it, that didn't seem quite right. And also, um, the one th one thing that um, Professor Bartoldi, which I'm kind of working on in, in the institute with, uh, which he mentioned was there is another um, another kind of uh, event like this which is called uh, FMX and it's in Stuttgart and it's more focused on special special effects and movie and animation and stuff, stuff like that and it's cheaper it's about 200 euro I think so way cheaper and um, it's but that you know 200 euro and that's the main pass and there's mm -hmm. a student pass which is even cheaper like I don't know 20 euro or something mm -hmm. almost nothing and uh, the lineup was significantly better I mean, really better. It's like we have three days and there's brimful of really exciting presentations. Yeah, but the FMX is also, I mean, it's it's kind of a more wider field because I think it's kind of, you know, anim animation, interaction, movie. And so, and it's also really popular. I mean, I also heard it uh, yeah. years before. And it's, it's uh, But the thing is also, large. you know, if, if they, they're saying, okay, uh, we didn't make any profit with it because maybe the speakers were too expensive in yeah. GGC Europe. I mean, in FMX, you have people from Pixar, for God, for Christ's sake. Crying for crying out loud. For crying out loud. It's a political correction. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we have people from FMA, from um, Pixar, from um, from um, Disney, from you know, for all the cool animation companies, from big Hollywood productions, and they doing, uh, you know, explaining how they did all the movies and everything. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's a factor that is so expensive, so that it isn't uh, this popular. I yeah. mean, the GC. Perhaps. And, uh, so you don't have little kids running around. And, and yeah, and uh, 
the FMX is also connected to a whole big uh, major festival, and yeah. many cinemas participate in it and yeah. show you know stuff they usually don't don't show uh, stuff that's not very popular for the mainstream maybe. And I know I think this can be for a long a good thing as well. Yeah. You know. But but of course you know. In order to profit from the same kind of setup, I mean, we already have kind of a similar setup in Cologne with games, with Gamescom uh, happening in parallel to GDC Europe. So, well, I guess you know, there's a huge opportunity to uh, to do a, some something bigger here in Cologne t- together with Gamescom and maybe do some m- more things inside the city, like some some kind of con- concerts or maybe also so stuff but like I, that. I don't know if you missed it. Uh, there was a concert, yeah, I know, yeah, but it was yeah. way too little. I mean, the, it wasn't really visible in the city. Well, they. They had to move. Who was, was playing? Yeah, uh, that was the Totenhosen and a gentleman. Uh-huh. Oh, that I didn't know. But uh, they turned okay. this this uh, part between Rudolfplatz and mm. Friesenplatz into but this. Uh, you know what was game sorry. section? Oh, ah, okay. I've, I've seen the PlayStation and yeah, yeah they I think that's okay. Okay, but they also had a big, huge concert. So sorry, uh, let me uh, finish that. Thought. Yeah, finish, finish. Which um, was Totenhosen and the gentleman, and they had wasn't they were in the stadium. And, but they have to move from the stadium because they haven't sold enough tickets. <laughs> okay, but I mean the combination, you know, gentlemen and Totenhosen is kind of... I mean, I, I don't like both, but, um, you know, it's also kind of... Totenhosen are, come on, they're German Yeah, but ACDC. they are really... Yeah, they, they have no... I mean, they have been cool, you know, when they had this, uh, hey, here comes Alex and this stuff. <laughs> this was okay, but I mean, what did they do in the last... They are stars. Yeah, they are stars, that's right, but... The combination. Okay, fuck it. Um. <laughs> Which are you fucking have I, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like their music either. But but you know there are big big stars and people yeah, would this probably is right. They, they are stars, no question. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so there's a big opportunity there, and then yeah. we are kind of bad mouthing GDC Europe. I mean, this was really nice to have it here, and we we're really yeah. excited about it, and it was really cool to meet people. Well, yeah, the reason why I still pay the prices because I always wanted to be on the GDC, yeah. and it's, it's finally Cologne, here. So. Yeah. You saved the ticket for a ride to some different city. Yeah, or and some different country. Yeah, and I hope we people, you know, this is a good start, and I hope they yeah. they will kind of if they're listening to us, and I hope they will take us our critique. We're gonna maybe contact people from who organize it directly and speak with them. Maybe we can um, develop this whole thing further to make it maybe a more richer program. But now we maybe we can come to the actual actual content of GDC Europe. Yeah. There were a couple of keynotes which we were kind of well. First of all, there was, was the key, keynote about. Yeah, do we want to start uh, low or high? Let's, dis- high let's dismiss the keynote of Crytek first. Dismiss? Yeah, because this? I dismissed because it was okay. I, I was, was pretty shitty, wasn't it? <laughs> I wasn't there. It wasn't there? No, I wasn't. Okay, so I was the only one there. I can give yeah. you a first, a first person uh, impression. It was basically the guy, the guy from how how is he called? His name. Seva Dierli. Oh, yeah, he's kind of really difficult. Seva Dierli. Yeah, uh, we don't speak Turkish, so sorry for that. He's a Turkish guy. Um, he's a very charismatic guy, and I really really like him. I mean, he's a, he has a cool presence at, at stage. Um, and also, you have to appreciate that, you know, the products they produce at Crytek are really impressive-looking. High-profile. They push the envelope forward, yeah. as a matter of fact. If only technology and uh, for the country, you know, for... You know, for the standards, for for the um, you know for the business Producing standpoint, stand, yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard to yeah, because I don't want to sound so nationalistic. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I am kind of like those guys because they kind of you know 
do a lot of technological development. They are kind of the only the game develop, developer from Germany where the whole world is kind of, ah, you know, acknowledges that, that these guys are doing something cool. World famous. Yeah. So that's very cool. And he was there and what he was talking about the future of uh, computer graphics. And this was kind of disappointing because he didn't show anything new. He only showed things which were already seen enough, like, you know, these photo and game screenshot comparisons which I thought were really weak because you know it's really easy to reproduce a certain photo in in the game but when you start actually walking through the scenery you then that's when when you start seeing problems with you know polygons are not there and everything but also you know, the whole idea I mean he was talking about technology in general he was talking about the future in, in computer games from the standpoint of technology and I, I think I mean that's kind of not Bullshit. Yeah, I don't want to say it so directly, but if you look at the kind of uh, technology that sells today, that is kind of the most popular technology, it's Wii, it's the Nintendo DS. These are the technologically least advanced system systems. So, uh, and you know, the places in terms of raw power, I mean, in terms of raw if power, you want to define advanced? Well, the interface is more advanced yeah. than the others. So in terms of raw power, you know, the um, PS3 is the most advanced uh, console. Or so they say. Or so they say, but, uh, but it, it, they claim it's the most advanced. Yeah. But like, you know, chips and everything, the cell chips. Uh, and... Didn't uh, Valve say that Xbox is uh, more powerful? Whatever. Yeah. Honestly, I don't care. Say, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's irrelevant for 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 gaming person. I mean, the the selling point of PS3 is that it's this high end, yeah. super entertainment, futuristic, yeah. small uh, computer, uh, super computer, super computer, right? And it's it's selling the worst from all three systems because it's too expensive for a gaming platform. Yes, that's the problem. I mean, if you look at at the, at the kind of computer you have to need to buy if you play one of the Crytek games, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, they, they he acknowledged in his presentation. Yeah, that but but you also have to say, you know, that you know these these people who who kind of play play all these games, you know, they are also the guys that are talking to each other for about hours a day. What kind of graphics card they're going to buy next, and you know how they could tweak it with some weird tools, and you know this is really I, th I think that people who are playing this kind of games are also really or most of them are really this kind of guys who really like to see you know beautiful stuff and kind of build their own PCs, you know. But here's the question, is this thing beautiful? Because the results are, it's kind of impressive that they are very detailed in everything, but yeah, is I mean, beauty you, what they're creating there? Okay, beauty maybe is the wrong, wrong word, but if you just look at, you know, the kind of resolution and pure raw quality, it's... There, there is a certain doing. fidelity involved, yes. Uh, yeah. But but and there was other, I mean, of course, there are lots of other things, but I'm just not talking about the technological improved stuff you know well you, that the that's the thing you know uh, as, as the technology improves um, which is my impression it's less and less possible for a normal person to see the improvement you know there are there's this law, yeah. law of diminishing returns where you invest even more technology and it's even more expensive to produce things but uh, even it's even less noticeable for normal. Yeah, but this is also the reason why I'm saying that you know it's kind of a nerd thing because uh, yeah, it is. And the, the of course, the casual gamer would would never you know. And that's exactly the point. You know, the, the Wii isn't, isn't bought by nerds. It's bought by normal people who yeah, just want to sit, lean back, and play a cool game. That's right. And uh, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, I have a, P, a Xbox, and I'm going to buy a PS3 because, and I there there is certain a PS3. Kind of, yeah, yeah, you're going to buy it. Yeah, probably the slim version. Yeah, 
because uh, there are certain things which I would like to see on, on you know technological things things like you know heavy rain and stuff yeah. which we're going to talk about frequently also actually uh, will, will heavy rain be uh, uh, PS3 also yes. okay. um, I talked to my brother recently about this uh, he, he was always more you know a Sony fanboy mm. but also he has a Wii and stuff Uh, we talked and, and uh, he was questioning my decision lately to buy the Xbox 360 mm. uh, and uh, he did mention some games I do want to play on the PS3 so there are in the meanwhile a few really but that's, that's good the thing exclusives it's mostly games what you're interested in it's not like the technology you know, don't, no no yeah sure yeah. you don't buy okay. a Playstation because there is the Crytek engine runs well in it well, you yeah. just will run it buy it because there are some cool games out there you also don't buy it because it allows certain kind of shading or whatever you okay. don't care about the shading and that's what kind of he talked about but um, maybe to finish this up we, I don't want to dwell too much too long on it uh, one of the things he said which really uh, was this kind of you know, huge disconnect in his whole uh, huge mistake maybe in his whole uh, speech was uh, he, he prophesied that you know with the new technology they're developing the costs of developing a game the assets for a game will rise by about 60%. I'm not, I don't know the numbers I twittered it. it was, I think it was 60%. It was a large number. Uh, and, you know, you just need to do the math. Do the, the growth of computer game market in Germany the last year was 14%. How do you, come, how do you deal with the difference here? I mean, the, the, we, Crazy are, guy. we are making more money with games, but we are making that much more money with games that we can afford this kind of expensive production values and you have to take into considerations that um, that you know the, the growth of in games market is largely because of Wii and DS stuff it's not because of the high profile Crytek games so mm -hmm. they're kind of creating this you know this white elephant thing you know this very expensive very complicated thing that nobody really wants and don't really work Yeah, I, fault, I, I mean. would say. <laughs> But he acknowledged this at least, so I give him credit for that. So he, at the end he said maybe there won't be a next generation after all. There won't be? Yeah. Okay. Maybe the generation... You mean of consoles? Yes. Okay. Like, oh, maybe there won't be a next generation of graphic engines. I don't know. He said that maybe you know, the development won't go in this direction. And he shot I mean, some. Of course, it will advance. I mean, it has advanced all the time. No, it's maybe not. I mean, the sales doesn't wouldn't judge. They wouldn't um, justify justify it. it. Okay, but uh, I think I think this is a hard topic because you know if you just look back all the years back, you know mm. there was always some kind of development. There was never a point where you say, okay, now the graphics, you know, nothing improves. I mean, it's in all areas, so why, why should games now stop at this well, point? Well, that, that's, that's, you know, that's uh, no. semantics. I mean, Because, if, I mean, if everything was always like that... It doesn't I mean, you also see that the technologies are linked. I mean, of course, when Intel is, you know, for example, uh, designing or, 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 or creating a new CPU, also, of course, other things will get cheaper and other areas will also kind of grasp from it. So I, I, I think you can't say that, you know, now the, the develop, development of graphics technology will stop and that's it, because it will, this will never be the case. It, it, I don't say that, that you know, the, the development won't stop, but it will go differently. And for okay, example, differently, is, uh, differently yeah. I mean, it's going to be a whole different market. It's like guys like, like, um, like the guy from Crytek will have to completely change what, they, what, do, what they're doing. Not, more, not, not so much graphics, maybe, but maybe, I don't know, interfaces or... Uh, 
or gesture recognition systems or something like that. Okay, okay, okay. So um, there, there's a nice analogy I would like to mention one last time, uh, according you, which kind of addresses your um, your. Um, it was always like that, and it would always be some development um, argument, which is the current state of plane military plane development in America. Um, there's an interesting anecdote that they are developing the last plane military plane in America right now. There won't be as another one. There won't be a successor. Like uh, uh, not otherwise. I yeah, mean, they were mass produced. So since the Second World War or something, they were kind of developing always the next generation of fighter yeah. planes. Like you know, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge buff, but uh, F-14s, F-15s, and all. But does it also perhaps have? I I don't know. This is not just an. an uh, I couldn't explain why, but, but, but go ahead. Yes. Okay, my my guess would be. I mean, there's also pretty. Pretty big change in, in, in politics, you know, because uh, no, that's not the thing. This is nothing. It's a technology okay. thing. Okay, it's really okay. Um, it's it's the, the idea is that you know they, they were they were always faster and more economic and more deadly planes and more with more cool technology with more computers in them. And, uh, and <laughs> we you have know, a new plane. It's just more deadly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really. It was like that. And, uh, it's cool. and the, the, the cool thing is that if you if you trace and if you, if you do a prognosis, they were also even more expensive. You know, the old planes were really cheap, but you know the new Eurofighter planes are so damn expensive that you can't afford so many of them. Okay. So if you would trace um, the developed current development, you would say that you know by sometime in the future, kind of I don't know, two thousand and seventy or something. Um, the United States would be able to afford only one plane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this plane would be, you know, yeah. so deadly that. Uh, and if you look at the price of the entry price of PlayStation 3, it's kind of similar, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're saying that the PlayStation already has has reached that point. Yeah, but, but there's an, there's another point here. Um, the reason why they call it the last plane they're going to build is because the technology uh, advanced so much. That the whole way you uh, would make war in the sky is changed totally. Diff totally okay. changed. Okay, this is yeah. So now it's less about you know, people sitting in planes and piloting planes. So now no, it's more about computing. computers piloting yeah. cheaper airplanes. And if you do computers, if the computers do the piloting, the whole production idea of the plane changes. So now you know the, it's the last plane we're going to build that is piloted by people, and the next planes we're going to build are going to be piloted by computers. And so they're going to work totally differently and the, the whole economy of the whole thing changes. Okay, so kids, don't become pilots. <laughs> War is bad. Overcome oh, grimace. Or com commercial pilots, that means still a cool thing. Or be hobby pilots. But yeah, pilots are awesome. I'm my but but don't don't enter the, the, the Air Force. or the because Force somebody said that the pilots are the bus drivers of the air. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, somehow, you know, it has something because... It's really it's 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 just sorry, but just uh, transportation, public yeah, transportation. Yeah, just public transportation. Something but that can get, be done someday by machine. It's it's yeah. nothing. But the pilots get more uh, get more late. I think. We uh, well, we're going to then bus drivers. We're gonna do, we are going to discuss this in a, in our break. We're going to go quickly to a break and then come back with some more keynotes from GDC Europe. Thank you. Welcome back. We discussed the topic of um, of air, airplane pilots and everything, <laughs> and so we are cool on that. Um, maybe there's some some kind of finishing words about the, the Crytek guys. Uh, I, I we gave him a hard time, but one thing I really enjoy about um, what they did is the editor of, of, of Crisis. Is this Crisis? No, it's it's Cry Far, Far Cry, the original Far Cry editor. Okay. Uh, because he also mentioned that they kind of develop a lot of. Um, 
know, this kind of editor where you can already see you, you see the changes live in the, in the game. Basically, you, you build levels in the engine, in the, in the game life. So oh. there's no difference between editor and uh, the end game in, nice. in terms of results. Yeah. You just do it there. And that's some really impressive technology. Really I mean, cool, yeah. that, that's one of the things that's, that, for me, really changes the way you produce games. So, um, we're going to go um, to something totally different. Well, not really totally different, but it's also about the future of games, which is, I think, the... the Second keynote. Uh, no, it was the... Well, it was also the second keynote. Um, it's basically... I think I, I always see those two keynotes as, as kind of the same and kind of a similar thing because they were talking about very similar things. I'm talking about the um, David Cage keynote, mm-hmm. which is the producer... Is it the producer? What, what does it say? Let's say founder of Quantic Dream. Well, it's the founder of Quantic Dream, the guy, who basically the mastermind behind... It's a Fahrenheit uh, guy. <laughs> Fahrenheit and also um, uh, Heavy Rain. The upcoming game for PS3, but also the kind of the other keynote I kind of mix it up with is um, um, the talk with uh, of Matthias Müller, Remedy, uh, from yeah, from Remedy, <laughs> the, the Max Payne company, yeah, the Max company, who um, who are working on Alan Wake. Actually, they have different approach, or um, because David Cage is more, you know. Art-related, I think, uh, mm-hmm. pushing the, the, the medium mm-hmm. uh, to be more mature. I think he also said himself that he kind of compares his game to, you know, the David Lynch kind of narrative. Okay. I think he said that. That's why you like him. And Remedy clearly defines themselves as... Um, the, the, they deliver entertainment. Mm. So they, they, they don't pursue, pursue you know, higher art or something mm. just they focus on entertaining people and how can how they, can they do the best entertainment uh, so, so yeah there is a difference there and if you look at the games there are um, well the games themselves are very different yeah. but um, the reason why I, I combine the two is kind of in my mind is, uh, because both of them look heavily into how cinema works mm. And narrative uh, oriented. Yeah, they're, they're, well, not not necessarily narrative. You, if you say narrative, you people. I mean, immediately think about cutscenes. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, okay, that's that's right. But at least Cage himself also says that you know they really put much effort into a strong narrative, and I think yeah. uh, it's the same with Heavy Rain, kind y- of. Yeah, of course. But um, but the thing is, uh, which I really found interesting, which obviously we have to we have to uh, mention this one, and this is one thing that the media immediately picked up. Um, David Cage compared um, the way narrative works in games today with how porno movies works. Okay. Porno movies. Please elaborate. Yeah, I will. So the idea is, is that you know there is a backstory behind it, and there is some action, and the backstory <laughs> and action—they <laughs> are not one. You know, <laughs> you can have either one or the other, yeah. but you can have both at the you same have, time. You have alibi story, and then what you really want is the action, yeah. and then. The, you have filler uh, stories, and when you have the story, you don't have action, like Christian yeah. said, or or rather like uh, David Cage said, and uh, they don't work together. And this that's is, how how this is kind of way. this is kind of funny because you know another thing was when I when I made my pre diploma. You made your porno movie? No, <laughs> pre diploma. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also kind of uh, tapped into this area, but from a philosophical point of view, because. No, for example, okay, Half-Life is not perhaps the, the best example, but Max Payne is also a pretty good example for mm. mixing up action with, narr- with uh, narrative elements. That you have this kind of you know cognitive dualism, with mean sh- which means that as a player, 
you um, on the one hand you have the perception that okay uh, this character is me mm -hmm. and um, you kind of feel bounded to him mm -hmm. but then on the other hand you also have this cut scenes and in movie scenes where the character kind of gets some kind of own life so you know you have mm -hmm. this kind of splitted thing that uh, on the one hand yeah I am this guy and on the other hand hey this guy is a person for himself and I, I'm not really himself. He's just one representation of something. Is this this kind of word which kind of makes the round in several podcasts? You know the word when I'm talking which about ludonarrative dissonance, which means that um, the things you can do in a game and the story behind the game, which is presented to you in cutscenes, don't fit together, yeah. and there's a dissonance between them. So, um, so for example, you know if a character um, is portrayed as a, as a very sensitive one. Like one example was... Um, yeah, to kill people. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That was um, one of the crit critiques of, um, of the Uncharted 1 thing. Because the character is kind of very... This kind of Indiana Jones guy who kind of is clueless and... But hey, Indiana yeah, Jones also killed Nazis. No, he didn't. Not really? He, Indiana Jones didn't do so much... He put them to, to sleep only. I'm <laughs> going to look this up. <laughs> he did some fist fights and everything, but he didn't really shot, shoot them too but much. But hey, I mean, killing Nazis is okay, because, you know, they're really the bad guys. Mm, There's totally. no question about it. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. But let's do an Indiana Jones evening. Yeah. yeah, maybe some other time. Okay. So, yeah, um, we are talking about um, porno movies and games. Do you think that, that he's right with porno movies? The metaphor works very well. Yeah, it's it's very catchy. I mean, yeah. it's I I don't know. With on the one hand, yeah, it's 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 really okay. But I think this also this doesn't fit to you know every kind of narrative game, but only for this special cases where the narrative parts and the game parts don't fit together, like you already said. So. Um, so but, what about let's take a game we really like, which was really excellent, and see if it works. For example, Metroid. Does it work there? Is it a porn movie? Not really, isn't it? I didn't play Metroid, so... How, how, uh, what are you doing uh, here? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Metroid. So Metroid is a, is a game about... I, mean, about I, I know the game and I've seen it, but yeah. uh, I didn't play it on and myself. There is not really a story in between. Yeah, but then you have to define how, uh, how to what define story. story. Yeah. Because uh, the latest Metroid delivers, or the, the yeah. well, Prime series delivers the story differently than the uh, earlier Metroids. Yeah. Uh, and the latest one also has does, does have cutscenes. Yeah, and these are really like like porn movies. Like, yeah. Also, then, you have to sit through the the, the cutscene portions. You, you don't really care, mm -hmm. and you just want the the action. Well, in that case, it, it would be a porn. Yeah, but but on the other hand, you know, when you are in the action, you know, there is also kind of a narrative. Yeah, the fiction is still supporting the the action, but that's true for porn as well. You know, we have fantasies and. Uh, they, they they kind of shape the you know concrete action you know you you and I see you're kind of a porn movie connoisseur <laughs> <laughs> but do you know my counter movies <laughs> okay uh, no okay children we're gonna go color climax <laughs> <laughs> no seriously um, you're right uh, but um, but the thing is I, I I mentioned Metroid because I thought um, in Metroid there is a kind of kind of a feeling a kind of um, Style, maybe kind of um, um, feeling of claustrophobia or, or the whole environment. I mean, these are long. These, yeah, these are things that are very crucial to the whole Metroid experience, which I would call are kind of like story elements, but not in a traditional way. Like there is a plot and somebody write, wrote everything down, mm -hmm. but it's more like a very subtle. 
think. Environmental which, storytelling. Yeah, which for me is one of the most interesting things to research in games right now. Uh, which is kind of how to tell a game through a experience of a place or a environment, actually. You know, um, how to... Uh, which is a very different way of telling stories. Not this linear way, but more like a like a spatial way of t- telling okay, stories. So it so means that you're telling the story by by the level design, by, yeah. you know, the design of the character, by all the parts that make the game itself. Not, not only that, by how you interact with the environment, what kind of... Uh, Actions happen in, inside their environment, not only by you know when where you place things, but also how the th- things react. To so you. kind of also the tonality of, of this whole thing, and yeah. Yeah. so it kind of like an orchestra and everything, and you orchestrate the whole experience. Um, but this, of course, is a very different kind of storytelling he was talking about. He was talking about the traditional yeah. linear. Thing. So yeah. he's he's having a very well visual and cinematic approach. Yeah. So the the passive things uh, doesn't count as story. Yeah, yeah. In in this uh, comparison, it's kind of really funny if you look at at his um, at his. But no, I think yeah. I think the funny thing is that I think what the way he chooses is, is really kind of a nice way to promote narrative or, or to promote computer games to an adult um, yeah. adult audience who you know is also kind of in this. Uh, this uh, a casual niche which means mm. that you know they're not the hardcore gamers but they also you casual know, is not a niche but <laughs> yeah. no, okay sorry so you're, you're right sorry but you know I, I mean this target target yeah, audience sure. of, of casual gamers mm. so um, I think it's it's kind of a nice way to let the people see okay hey look at it. it it has a story it kind of reminds you of a movie but you can play in it so people might get into it on this way you know? but on the other hand he also said that we need new interactions it's not and, and he suggested uh, game design should, you know, use less patterns. Mm, okay. Simple, uh, repetitive stuff. That, that also that, that also raised uh, an eyebrow. Let me, let me raise an eyebrow because I wasn't really, really sure if that's, that's a good but idea. But one, one thing about, I mean, I, I, I didn't get into detail right now, but for example, in Heavy Rain, mm-hmm. one, one thing I remember is that um, he told about it that you have kind of more than one character. I think yeah. three or four characters. Yeah. And uh, the special thing about it is that uh, he said um, death in the game is handled in a different or new way. Mm. In a way that um, death now isn't really the game over or game mm. over thing, but that death kind of adds something to the story of the yes. other character. So yes. that when character one, if one character dies, mm. it kind of uh, influences the story of the other characters you're playing. So this is, might be something... Uh, you mean a pattern? Is it really new? Um... Well, first game that pops into my mind, Lost Vikings. Was it, was it the same? Yeah. You when, had, you had three died? characters and they could die, but you could still continue. And sometimes you could solve the level with one character who died. But it's kind of a different kind of game. <laughs> 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 okay. No, but <laughs> they revive after the level? So. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. But the thing is, um, well, he was talking about patterns. And he was talking about things that, you know, you repeatedly can do in a game. Yeah. Like, for example, you can jump or use a sh- certain attacks or, or something. Or shoot or whatever, yeah. Yeah, or, or maybe, you know, in an adventure game, you can open things always or talk to people. And these are things that are, um, are repeatable, and I, he suggested that it's important to remove those. And he was kind of for this very context-sensitive approach, you can see okay. it it's, uh, in Heavy Rain. My, like, my understanding was that, uh, you know, this very video gaming kind of stuff... Uh, like how Zelda works with mm. with the bosses, um, you know. Bosses repeat you, you, all you, the actions. Yeah, you have to 
a hit on the head first, and when the boss fell, falls down, you can go behind him and hit on his tail or mm. whatever this kind, yeah, and, right. and repeat three, exactly three times to beat this boss. This mm. kind of pattern, and you know, the enemy does one stuff, then I have to do another thing to counter that. This kind of pattern, I think, the, the more rigid one. Well, I, I guess um, he's what he meant. What can be applied to a lot of things. A lot of mm. things in games are based on patterns. Things you can do are kind of repeatable, and there, there's some rhythm. Yeah, in I mean, there. language is based on patterns. Yeah, so I, I everything's we, pattern. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a way to learn something. I mean, uh, it's kind, it's kind of part of the of the game system itself that it uses patterns. Well, he suggested that you know that we introduce more variation to it, so that it's not always the same the whole game, but you know. Mm. Every situation is different and new. So, like for example, mini games or something like this. But what, what well, I've seen, in, well, what I what I've seen a quick in the in, in the in the, the, the cutscene or in a, in, a, in, a, in footage of, of Heavy Rain mm -hmm. was um, kind of a fighting scene with uh, yeah. with with this with this, this black guy, yeah, oh, with this bad black guy, and you know, I mean, uh, you did see really how it works in detail, but it was somewhat like the fight was fight was fought, mm -hmm. and you had no really direct control no. on it, but you could. In some certain situations, you know, push a button or turn left, turn right. To not to die. Yeah, not to die. I mean, this is dra Dragon's Lair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a movie with a little control. I, I don't know if this is so. It's the thing is, um, it's, it's kind of a mini game. If, if game. you look at the quick time events, yes, they are maybe like like um, God of War and everything. But if you play the game directly, if you have full control, if it, it's not a quick time event, but you're kind of doing the thing, it's very orchestrated. You know, there there is a sequence yeah, you do. It's really but, movie like. But but the but is that you can um, you can there are some choices you can make during the th the thing. And those, do you mind? You mind? Uh, are you speaking now really about this special? special part of the special footage for this fight or in general? In general. Okay. I don't know if, if in this fight there are choices. I guess there, there should be also in this part some choices. But I played um, a, a part which really made an impression of me, which was you can see also in, in trailers right now, which is the part where you were this kind of uh, detective. You come in. Oh, the yeah. convenience store. Yeah. You, you get, go into the convenience store and um, you can kind of try to um, do an interview with the, with the owner, but the owner is kind of closed up and everything. So you buy something in the back of the store, and while you're doing this, uh, a young guy comes in and tries to rob the store. So he doesn't know you were there. So time for action. And, and you can kind of try to disarm the situation somehow. And there are different approaches how to solve the situation. For example, kill the owner of the store. <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> Because then there is no point. Let's, let's rob him. You can I'll kill him for you. Yeah, you can team up with a young guy and, and, <laughs> and do a Selma and Louise thing. <laughs> Yeah, body and Clyde with a guy, yeah, yeah. but with two guys. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not. We are, no, no. <laughs> we are in Cologne after all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you can um, you can kind of you know, try to talk to him, to him, or you can try to use force. You can sneak up behind him, but it's very difficult because there's kind of uh, a lot of things that make noises, and he, when he notices you. And also, when he notices you, there are different ways you can react. You can the conversation. You can lead in different ways. You can also refuse to put your hands up. Things like that, uh, okay. and I tried. I tried one thing, and here's where he actually, you know, uh, he didn't put uh, his actions where his words were. Um, there is a repeatable pattern there. Like in this um, special moment, you could uh, you had to push the um, two shoulder buttons at the same time to raise the, um, your hands, and if you let them go, you would lower the hands back down. And 
you could repeat it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a repeatable pattern and it really looked very goofy when I did it. But on, on the other hand, you know, the, um, the young guy, the guy who robbed the shop reacted correctly like, like normal people would, would do and got impatient and shot me. <laughs> but, but, but just nice. now talking about it something occurred to me because uh, I think well, I'm guessing what maybe it means is the fact that you can't uh, handle a situation with a you know um, anticipation or something mm -hmm. you know in other games you know the main mechanics mm -hmm. and you know apply this mechanic to you know this kind of game situation but uh Well, at least in this in this store situation, I don't know what to do hmm. because you you have everything in that store and you just move around and things will be offered to you then. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you can't uh, go on the pr premise that certain thing, things would lead to certain outcomes. Mm -hmm. This kind of pattern, maybe. So you mean that? Um, I don't know if I understand you correctly. So you mean that? Um, You know, in different in normal games, you have patterns, you have things that you have to kind of um, like like bosses behave in a certain way, or you have certain abilities which always work against certain bosses and everything. And in this case, you know, the, the situation is so complex that in order to um, make everything that can happen a system in a game that can be used repeatedly in every situation would be would kind of blow up the whole game. But this no. perhaps no. Tell first you. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> what, I, what I'm guessing is, but we're, we're speculating. Yeah. We can find out when the game is out. But uh, what I'm saying is that, you know, if you have a GTA, then you can, I don't know, maybe let's not say GTA, but maybe you can pick up stuff mm -hmm. and throw at the, the, the yeah. robber. Yeah. But this, you don't have this kind of basic mechanics that, that you can raise your hands and stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely. You can thing. always pick up stuff. So yeah. if you can always pick up stuff, you will do that and try to do something with. The things you picked up, mm -hmm. but in heavy rain or in the scene, you can't. So you you just well you can, but it's always context sensitive. So you, yes, you can th you pick th things up from the from the, from the from the shop. You know, you can take a bottle of, yeah. of wine and, and so you can't uh, go into the situation with the you know expectation that you can yeah mm -hmm. so solve so this in a certain way. So you don't know what to expect. That's yeah, may maybe you will approach it more emotionally mm. yeah this is what this is really also what i want to add because you know i think this is also somehow depending on um, the kind of gamer because some people i mean at least i know one person tends to tends to try to do so or solve everything very systematically which means that in order to solve things in a systematic way you also have to really be aware of the rules and the actions you can you can take so um, I think such a game would be much more diffi difficult for somebody like him because he is trying to um, to grasp with options of action he has, but actually this is very this is very hard. So perhaps somebody who says, "Hmm, what would I do now?" Okay, I just raise my hands, or "Hey, I shoot him." You know, you, you do things in a much more direct and how you already also say it in a much more emotional way. So perhaps this is also yes, maybe that's, that's the guess. Yeah, an example of the detective, you can sneak up upon the, this mm -hmm. rubber or you can act more directly so this this kind of things become the, the verbs you have be indirect or direct or which is kind of the one of the things you kind of um, 
looked into it, like kind of creating a game where the experience from your life is more important than the experience you collected in the game, right? But perhaps, I mean, okay, this is what this was one scene, but perhaps he has, you know, kind of a certain set or, or a set of different categories of scenes. Like, for yeah. example, you have this kind of scene where, okay, you have the options to um, raise your hands or do something aggressive. You have a kind of a talking scene where you can, you know, there, there are different sorts of get taught it by this way that you know that uh, in certain situations you have a certain set of actions you can take. Mm. Well, from what I've seen, every scene is unique. Every scene. Every scene is unique. Whoa, that's crazy. And the, the cool <laughs> thing is, and that's what's what the characters die, had to have impacts. If um, one of the characters dies, he won't come out in a, in a future scene, so the future scenes will be different, will be slightly modified, or certain scenes maybe don't come up at all. Okay, but this, I think this also brings another aspect which I personally would really kind of, I don't know if it would be my thing because, you know, if every scene is really individual and you have to somehow learn everything from a, from a new kind of point because, you know, you, can, you, you, you don't have certain skills that you can master so that you say, hey, my aiming is now pretty cool so if there come some shooting scenes, I just, I just blow them all away. Yeah. You, you can do it like that. And I think this is a problem when you are kind of a gamer who likes to master a game also somehow, you know, to... Yeah, you that, play a game like a story. Yeah, I know. That, that, so you can that's the whole point. Yeah. you can miss, and then you would have to retry it. But that, that's but the whole at, idea. But at this point, I think it really sucks if you have to repeat such these scenes because not these everything. Scenes, be, yeah, not everything. But but if you have to repeat it, I think no, it's, no, it's yeah. not good for that because I think we have the same point of view. Because not everything will be different. If if the one guy dies, then um, maybe. 10% is different. Yeah. To, to, to experience that 10%, you have to play the other 9% all over again. Right. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's to you're totally right. The game would be played totally different. Of course, there's nothing you can master there. There's no something that, like, you know, you train for something and then you're even better and then you get a better ending or something. <laughs> But it's always, you know, you experimentation. You just look at what's there and try things. There, there are places where, where um, kind of you know reflexes and, and skills pl play a role, which are the quick time events. If you play them before, you know what what kind of challenges are before okay. you, and you know you know the button presses a bit sometime. So I guess the first time you play through, you may may fail at some of the quick time events. When you second play through, you might be able to master them better, so you get the different results. But I think um, that is actually kind of a good um, good topic which I wrote down, which is difficulty. One of the things he's, he's, he told, which I totally agree with, is um, there is no reason for a game to get more difficult over time. Over time, I thought that was a very striking uh, observation. Well, I think this is also a question for the target audience because uh -huh. you're you're the contest right guy. You want to <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, I mean, really. This is really the thing. Of course, you can say something, something like this. And of course, when you do a game, it's possible to to solve things in this way. But uh, it's also one way. You know, it's not the ultimate way, and it's not the future of all games. It's one no, possibility. But I like that that he kind of challenges all the dogmatic things that we take for granted. That you know, puzzle, yeah, this is puzzle this is games. Nice. You know, typical thing, puzzle game like like Braid or something. The first puzzles are easy. The last puzzles are very difficult. Why? It's not like when I solve the first puzzles, it doesn't guarantee that I can solve more difficult puzzles. But, but I think this is also no. This is right. I mean, I mean, it's right that if you solve uh, the easy things, it, it, it 
must not be that you also afterwards solve more difficult things. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe it was excellent but, or something. But it's but I think it's kind of a logical thing because this is also this mastering question yeah. that if you use a skill again and again, you get better in it. Well, I can t totally understand that there is a reason for it in a game like Tetris, which yeah. which totally depends on this flow experience of mastering a, a certain skill set and everything. But in puzzles, it's, it's, it's really different. It, it's, That's right. As soon as you get some, some puzzle things or story-driven things, um, That's right. everything should be should be um, rethought and, and all the whole difficulty progression should be should be kind of uh, put into question. But perhaps it's also a question of dramaturgy. Yeah, of course. Because uh, in a movie, it's also that you have yeah. a climax, you know, that things get, you know, more and more tightened and more and more compressed and more and more critical stuff happens that leads to some point at the story. And there's perhaps an, an analogy between... The Maybe, but then I um, that doesn't have to be um, controlled by difficulty, but it also can be controlled by, you know, the presentation, you know, how dramatic it is present, presented. And also by um, by the stakes, you know, how much is at stake. Which I mean, you know, for example, if at the beginning, you know, if you're, if all you do is kind of, I know, I heard that at the beginning of um, of heavy rain, you have to kind of um, put a child to sleep and kind of spend an um, evening with him. If you make a mistake there, you know, not nothing big happens. Maybe there is a different, like for example, showing porn to your child. <laughs> no, I, you don't have so much freedom. That, 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 that's why he removed patterns from the game because people like you would do this. <laughs> No, I mean stuff like you know. For example, maybe there's I don't know maybe there's a cooking quick time event, and if if you miss it, then the, uh, the food you prepare tastes ugly, and, and the kid, the kid leaves or something. That, that that's not a big deal, you know. Uh, well, but it's, it's kind of a nice detail. I mean, yeah, and, and maybe, the, any, maybe you fart later on an important. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't get the woman of your. Of I see you take yeah. the topic very seriously. <laughs> Bake something with beans. No, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and uh, you know, and the last beans scene or onions. <laughs> <laughs> sig yeah, significant choice. Yeah, very important, guys. So at the at last scene, maybe you know, you have a quick time event uh, where you know the outcome of the quick time event depends on if one character survives or not. So that's you know, the quick time events could be exactly as as difficult to master, like the first one and the last one, the same difficulty, but the stakes are much higher at the last. But I mean, of course, if you if you don't raise the um, the game difficulty itself, but uh, uh, just you know raise the dramaturgy um, by by um, by narrative elements, by mm. visual elements, by whatever. The interesting thing, of course, is that if you know that you, the situation isn't that hard to do, which means that um, the competition for you is not to master events, mm. but to decide. Okay, uh, do I want to? Let my character die now, or do I want to live him on, or do I want to do him something aggressive? This is also nice, you know, that you can control the actions very detailed in a narrative way, but um, and don't have this competition all the time. That okay, if I kill him, I, I do I, I solve the situation the best, and if yeah. I don't, I solve it the worst. You know, something like this. I hope they they um, they kind of follow this approach and they, that they won't be a best case scenario ending. That like they. they always be some some kind of grain of salt in every solution I mean it sounds like this yeah I hope so um, there is at least one thing uh, which I I'm has to, which I have to give the game credit for and it, it's you know it's we said it's for a different audience and I did a small girlfriend test with it and it worked she, like that that's the kind of game she would play my girlfriend would play on a PlayStation 3 that's the only kind of game she would play on a PlayStation 3 I don't think there is any kind of game on PlayStation 3 right now which she would even remotely be interested in. 
What about Virtual Fighter? <laughs> to be honest, that might be a good idea. Okay, Street Fighter... Uh, oh, come on, it's such a nerdy fighting game. <laughs> well, beating, beating people up is so vis visceral and works with... with yeah, every, but, but I think in this game it's really... It's, it's not easy to beat some, someone just up. I mean, okay, it's, it's not as hard as, I don't know, in Ultimate Fighting or something no, like but, this. No, but, but you know... What? Ultimate Fighting? Ultimate Fighting. Ultimate Fighting. You don't know Ultimate Fighting? They, re they released uh, okay sure. another topic another yeah, topic yeah. so many, but, but I just want to say you know this this was you know she she saw the story she's immediately interested in the movie she can control the movie yeah, this is the thing and there is no there is no skill involved that's also an important thing the, the very thing that might put off you know hardcore players that there is no mastery involving involved is a very strong point for her because uh, it's interesting because you know at this point the game turns turns to be some kind of interactive storytelling yeah. somehow yeah maybe so that's maybe that's what they're what? getting at yeah yeah okay so is this still a game yes I think so it's interactive depends on the definition of the game uh, I think okay I mean no forget about it <laughs> okay maybe later yeah yeah some later podcast yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're going to come back to the topic yeah. again when we're going to play the game. So um, we're running out of time right now, right? Yes, a little bit. Um, I would, would like to drop in very quickly. I played Scribble Notes, and it is awesome. I think a lot of people discuss it in podcasts. Um, <laughs> I was there every day at the stand. I played every, um, you know, every day a, a couple of words. It's, yeah, it's really like the people to tell you know you go in in the, in the booth and you see you have the game and you start tipping your god Cthulhu uh, you know <laughs> zombies, zombies dinosaurs <laughs> you know, try everything out and, and you arrive at the point okay fair enough the game accepts most of my inputs now what and you you're standing in, in front of this void which is your imagination yeah. <laughs> because you, <laughs> you have no idea what to do because the, the, everything is possible you're kind of you, you run run dry of ideas. Okay, but but I mean I mean for this case there's also you know the average level based game you can play where you have to reach certain things yes, so your yes, yes, amount of creativity is. So there's a context to, to yeah. be creative to get creative. I just want to tell you that people say that you know the limiting factor of this game is your own imagination, and I was kind of amazed by actually experiencing this limitation. Like you try to break the game, it doesn't work. The game doesn't get itself break, broken, you know, every word works in somehow. And so you arrive, okay, you give up and then you have to acknowledge that it's a very awesome so this, I mean, there are also so, so many so many weird uh, kind of kind of funny details, like, you know, the Einstein who's afraid of God. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> so when you have to clarify, when you create Einstein and you create God, then Einstein is going to be afraid of God. <laughs> <laughs> and the Kraken really ruled, I mean... Uh, the Kraken is really strong. And death is really strong as well. Yeah, death, death ruled the Kraken and but, Cthulhu and God. <laughs> but, but of course, you know you have to uh, to keep in mind. I mean, it's not it's not perfect. There are things which doesn't don't work so well. The simulation isn't perfect. It's of very course. simple. I mean, it's, it's such a huge framework yeah. uh, that. So, for example, you can see one of the videos I filmed where I created a vegetarian. <laughs> and I cool. and I gave him a hamburger and he ate the hamburger. <laughs> and then I gave him another hamburger and he ate the second hamburger as well. And then I thought maybe you know hamburger is not not some immediately. I mean there is some meat but there is also some bun. So it's not some you know it's a combination. Of, so I created a steak and he ate a steak. Nice. So this is a def definite. Uh, um, Proof that it's not a vegetarian. At all. Yeah, but I think we also talked about that. Perhaps there's some kind of you know. Um, some kind of confusion, perhaps, about about the um, about the meanings and synonyms of certain words that they yeah. because you said that the vegetarian vegetarian kind of looked like a hippie. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of put this all you know these things into one category of, of type. 
of outcome. Oh, so we should definitely try vegetarian and, and call up a hippie and see if this is the same sprite. I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it's the same sprite. It's yeah. synonymous. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's probably why he's not vegetarian at all. <laughs> But, you know, as you see, you know, the, the kind of food they prefer is not part of simulation. Okay. And how about coma guy? Coma guy? <laughs> vegetarian state. Vegetarian <laughs> maybe it's the same sprite yeah maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, can we have house please yeah there's probably a doctor or something I don't know we have to experiment with doctor it doctor house <laughs> yeah, of course um, so yeah um, it's, it's really awesome I think I'm gonna pick it up it's, it's, when is it out um, it's gonna be September end of September I think mm -hmm. so very soon is there okay. something other you would like to mention we played in the new Super Mario Brothers that was very fun I thought yes Uh, it's way better when you well play it yourself. Yeah. Uh, on the E3 keynote, it was underwhelming. Yeah, but it didn't look so great. On the yeah, screen. but also because of the build-up, you yeah. know, they presented as the next logical logical step uh, for the Mario franchise, and it took what not 17 years for Miyamoto to come up with this concept in air quotes, uh, and it's just Mario for four players. But it works out very well. Okay, some cool mechanics it's, there. It's it's, it's, fun, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. But I think, uh, yeah, the, I think the Nintendo guys are pretty clever because, you know, sure. I, I mean, at, at a certain point, or in my perception, I think the Wii, <laughs> sorry, but um, I think it's kind of of this lightweight party party gaming platform, you know, because... Seriously? How did, how did you come at this conclusion? I don't know. No way. <laughs> God told me. <laughs> no, but uh, in general, I mean, I mean, do you do you play much Wii games for yes. yourself, home? Well, not 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 in the last couple of. Well, yeah, recently we're, we're, I'm playing uh, Pikmin 2 and it's awesome. Mm, I can okay. say it because uh, I haven't played a lot in the last year or so. Liar. <laughs> and so I can say that I played Xbox more for myself and we only in parties or something. But I do have certain games on the Wii which are you know for the core gamers, you know, like Metroid and and. Uh, Mario Kart, okay. Mario, Mario Galaxy. Yeah, but I mean, this is this real thing, and I think this is also something that many people expect or think of the Wii, that this is much more kind of the social social Maybe. platform. Mm -hmm. So, hey, it's it's really logical to, to give Super Mario a four-players option. But actually, this is something... Uh, this direction is something they already uh, tried and also succeeded in. Just the um, technical... You know, framework or, or not only the technical, but the, the overall framework is so much better on the Wii. Um, what I'm thinking of is uh, Zelda Four Swords uh, mm, series, yeah, yeah. and yeah. also uh, I think one of the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles yeah. stuff. Um, these were previous uh, efforts at you know getting four people together on the screen and working both cooperatively, cooperatively and uh, competitively nice. at the same time. And it worked out. The gameplay kind of worked, and uh, I, well, I think in the Final Fantasy game less so, but uh, in, but in the Zelda course, course, but Final Fantasy is still round based. The fighting scene. No, it was like it's, it's it's time. Time. it was like Secret of Mana. Um, okay, with this loading thing, and okay. Uh, loading. Uh, the, the the thing about fighting scenes that I have really in mind of Secret of Mana is that you you know you can you can you could load your weapons oh, okay. there's different levels. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, what I mean about that is it's um, it's um, action. Yeah, let, let, let me get to my point yeah. because okay. it, it is not so much uh, gameplay based, mm. but rather uh, how the whole thing works. Okay. Well, 
back then it was on the GameCube and you needed four Game, Game Boy Advances with uh, four special connection cables that connect to the GameCube. And Whoa. you can play on the screen, on the big screen together. And then uh, when you're in, 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 in caves or something, then you play on your own Game Boy screen. This yeah. is a nice idea. It's really nice and it's also a lot of fun, uh, you know, competing with each other in collecting rubies. But also rubies. doing your own thing from yes. time to time. It this works. is nice. It works. Uh, but it's really hard to get four people together to play that. Uh, to have four Game Boys, yeah, four all game charged up, uh, hook everything up. I mean, and it, yeah, of it, course, takes, I mean, it takes an hour until you start playing. I mean, if you, if you look at, at games like, for example, Diablo or um, I think also World of Warcraft, this, I mean, it's kind of the same thing because you have the option... Yeah, I mean, you have the option to creep on yourself. That means you, you go slaying okay. monster, monsters. Yeah, but that's over the internet. I mean, that's that's standard with Xbox 360. I mean, here it's really, you know, on one screen and everybody's, you know... Okay, this, this is right, yeah. And it's and like this, this you know, all this stuff, we're yeah. sitting all huddling in front of the screen yeah. and Yichong is doing something and I kick him yeah. in his stomach okay, and this, everything. Th- this, I mean, this, is, this is right, okay, and sorry. On the way, it's wireless and it's easy to have four remotes, even if it's not your own. You can just, you know, you have four, four people and uh, maybe you have two on your own console and have them bring over their own. Okay. It's relatively easy to get four uh, remotes together and you can just, you know, with relative ease, co- connect them to the console and start playing. Yeah. So, um, another game to look uh, forward, to, forward to. Maybe we, g- we go into some uh, games we missed in the future episodes. I think now it's, it's, it's time to finish it up. Finish it up. Yeah. yeah, I think I I would like to finish it up with a game that nobody played, which is kind of a uh, <laughs> recurring uh, recurring topic. We would like to um, finish every podcast with introduce you um, get to you guys a game that is is not so much discussed um, among people who discuss games and <laughs> and that uh, didn't receive so much attention at all. Um, and which which looks like it wasn't played so much by people. And t- today I have a game which I really enjoy and which we participated developing, right? It's called uh, Anno 701. 1700. There was 700. Well, yeah, right. 1700. 1700. Right. So uh, it's a remake of the popular Anno series for the for the DS, Nintendo DS. Uh, if you don't know, the Anno series is a um, strategy game where you build kind of a, like SimCity, but in medieval times. Uh, on kind islands, yeah, it's kind. Of, yeah, you can, so, like, you can you, say so for you built your colony like your um, I don't know Christopher Columbus colony, but in SimCity kind of style, you built your individual buildings and you have to trade and yeah, you, you kind of stuff. harvest resources and trade and special resources to reach different um, different um, um, criteria to upgrade your buildings and everything. It's uh, it's a very popular game game in Germany. Germany is popular. Yeah, it's it's popular definitely and. Um, there were a couple of remakes recently. There was another remake, uh, another sequel of it, and the company we, we were working, which we talked about, um, we talked about Neon, and later on Keen, and Keen went on developing the DS version of uh, an Anno for well, for DS, and <laughs> and it's it's awesome. I think it's one of the they won an award for it. The yeah, the German right. developer award or something. And you you called? did you did the graphics, the character graphics. Yes, I did. Uh, all the portraits for the PC version, and they uh, took the graphics and put them on the DS as well. But I didn't work directly on the DS version. So to and speak. you haven't bought it? You haven't played it? 
The I know DS I have yes. Though, but you I mean, don't have yes, played. I do. I played through. Really? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you said the newest one, the Wii U version, was the first one you played. Oh, uh, I was, you know, taking. I was referencing to the PC ah, okay. versions. Okay, so um, yeah, I just want to say, you know, I'm not involved in the game, and I bought it for my own money, and I think it's an awesome game. They really did some great stuff on interfaces there. For example, I give you a very quick, very quick example. When you scroll the map, you scroll it with a stylus, and uh, the map kind of there is a kind of an inertia involved. So when you scroll the map, it kind of con continues Pay that tight. motion when you when you Photoshop CS4 has that as well. Maybe I mean, I mean I mean after uh, ten versions. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, all the Mac applications do have like iPhone applications have iPhone kind has of, it also, yeah. Have this kind of scrolling and it's in this game uh, it was before iPhone came out, I think. It's a really good idea. Not sure. It's 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 an It's the only way to do scrolling in with a touchscreen-based interface, I think, because I, I did some experiments with touchscreen-based interfaces, and, and they really suffer from this, um, you know, that scrolling involves a big, big movement, and there's friction and everything. And they kind of recognized this and, and made this very juicy kind of scrolling things. Also, the kind of the way you build buildings works very well. It's all stylus-based. There's a very, very nice graphics, I think, very nice interface. It's very addictive. Very nice portraits. <laughs> <laughs> no, but from it's really game game point uh, point of view, they also choose the right degrees of complexity. Yeah, they they, they, they tone the whole game down. Yeah. It's, it's much more simpler than the PC version. I don't know the PC version, but this version doesn't feel dumped down. It's yeah, it's it's exactly complex right. enough. Yeah. Uh, it's engaging, but it's not overwhelming, and also it's very it's very well done for a mobile platform. You can. Uh, play and stop at any time and uh, yeah and nice. it's kind of really a pity because it's such an excellent product it received ex excellent reviews but it was marketed so much so not many people bought it and then they kind of reg regarded it as kind of like a oh boiled down simple dumped down version of the real one which is on yeah. a PC and, and I think that that's not the game doesn't deserve it you have to really try it and if you find it somewhere everything meanwhile you get it pretty cheap because there's a sequel coming up which is even better yeah they're already out well basically a sequel I, I don't know if you can How say sequels because there's a, yeah. a Wii version now and a new DS version so okay. there's a proper sequel to the DS version or yeah and it's even diff more difficult because the DS version has a number on it and the, the Wii version doesn't have a number okay that's this oh. I think <laughs> it's really complicated okay. uh, and also the numbers are smaller so it's 1401 or something ah, I don't know it's very complicated yeah, yeah. but um, you know if you see the games there are two DS games out right now there's one Wii game out right now uh, all three games were made by the same developer by Keen uh, and they're all awesome I think yeah I'm great yeah. I'm currently playing the Wii version and it's uh, on the same level of you know well doneness <laughs> quality for, for the uh, on the same quality level as for the Wii. Uh, there are a few more elements, but I think it's appropriate for the platform because you sit on your, your on your sofa, play more, play in longer sessions mm. than on the DS. So it's all right. I'm not entirely through with it yet, but I'm, I think, 80% or so mm. in the story, story mode. Um, yeah, it's pretty... It's not perfect, but it's very well done. So... Um to buy the game or try it out if you're interested in strategy games on the DS or the Wii uh, maybe we're gonna do a game design review to uh, point out some, some of the things we really enjoy about it 
And that's it for today. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope uh, we didn't bore you to death. Uh, uh, otherwise, we're going to continue. I think. I think I had a great time with you guys. Yes, it was. Uh, this time it was as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, worked out way better than the previous times. I think. I hope so. Man. And uh, yes, please leave a comment. Yes. If you have any comments, we are not geniuses. We are. We struggle with game design and everything uh, in our everyday lives. So if you have any comments, suggestions, uh, things you would like to help us with. Or you know, just any kind of feedback. Um, just post it on an appropriate posts or write us an email, and um, we will comment on them uh, on a podcast or on the web page. Yeah, and if you have an Xbox, add us at our game tags. Let's play together. Yeah, maybe. So that's it for today. Uh, thanks, and we're gonna come back in two weeks. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>